If you're enjoying Founding Fufu, every yam and cassava counts. Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Let's work together in building a creative digital audio platform that shares experiences across the globe. Click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Pounding Fufu, the podcast. I'm Danica Samuel, your host, creator, and storyteller. I'm a firm believer that everything in life happens for a reason, and sometimes that reason isn't for you, but for another person. In this chapter of Pounding Fufu, I was struggling to reach the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Hannah looked at me from Stella's point. Come on, girl. You could do it. Don't give up. Despite all the negative things said about her lifestyle, on top of the mountain proved that when you judge someone, you take away the time to love them. Chapter 3 I remember when I first heard the news that I was going to Africa. After a lengthy interview process, I sat anxiously in my English class. It was January 2009, and the day all the applicants would find out if they were selected. I was staring at my teacher while he lectured us on our required reading and recent assignments. It was a moment of hearing but not listening. My mind was elsewhere. We're not supposed to have phones in class, but I made an executive decision for that day. My phone buzzed and it was a call from my mom. My heart was racing. I asked to use the bathroom and ran down the halls, bursting through the doors without care of who was coming out on the other end. They told our parents ahead of time, so I couldn't wait to hear from my mom. I screamed in excitement as she shared with me the good news from the bathroom stall. This was one of my best moments in high school along with my Verve Girl magazine feature. I was heading back to my class, grinning from ear to ear. If the saddest person in the world crossed paths with me, my infectious smile would surely touch them. Back in my English class, sitting in my seat glowing, I definitely wasn't paying attention now. I was daydreaming about heading to the motherland. Everything my parents taught me about East, West, South, and North of Africa ran rampant through my brain. I thought about how I would feel being around my people for the first time. I had no idea of my direct lineage, but with the various history lessons in my home centered around black people, I was confident. I wasn't going to Africa, I was returning. Shortly after my bathroom celebrations, my guidance counselor pulled me out of my class to let me know the good news. I shared my excitement with her and the two other girls selected to go from my school. For background, In 2009, UNICEF fired up a program called Girl Impact. Twelve high school girls from TDSB Scarborough region were selected to go to Kenya and Tanzania. The trip to Kenya focused on sponsoring students from the Limuru Girls School to attend post-secondary education. In Tanzania, the same 12 girls from Scarborough would climb Mount Kilimanjaro. I was one of them. The process to get children was quite nerve-wracking for our age. 
We have to apply through our guidance counselor, write a lot about ourselves, and then go through two interviews, one individually and another with a parent. Not to toot my own horn, but I excelled in school. I had high grades, always read the announcements in the mornings, was a host for assemblies, was a constant sports captain and a reigning MVP. Anything I put my mind to, I did. To be that fearless young self again is something that I always aspire to be. At my school, SATEC at WA Porter, three girls were finalized and selected. Myself, Monica, and Hannah. I'm using fake names here because some of the aspects of this story are a part of our younger selves, so I want to respect that. At the time, Monica and I were fresh out of a nine-year best friend breakup, but that's a novel for another day. On the other hand, I didn't really know Hannah that well. I saw her in the halls, shared one or two classes with her, and heard about her group of friends through high school gossip. Nothing rather important to me at all, but I knew the rest of my months up until our climb would probably become closer than expected, so I was open to getting to know her a bit better. Hannah was thick, five foot five with dirty blonde hair and streak highlights. Her brown eyes became intense in every conversation as she took much of her human interaction seriously. I heard through several grapevines that Hannah cared deeply about her friends and came to their defense against anyone who had something negative to say. I would say that many people probably still want a friend like Hannah to this very day. She was also one of the few teenagers in my high school who didn't hide the fact that she smoked and drank. Nestled in the corner of brick walls at the back of school grounds, you usually find students like her, daredevils or experimenters. The odd English or social science teacher would exit from those doors to the parking lot, but they often didn't care about what students were up to, especially if it was past 3.15. There was an edgy side to Hannah and her friends that would sometimes break the rules if they wanted. Let's just say they explored different aspects of life ahead of others. Because of this, students judged her. Reflecting on this now, I realized this thing about growing up. For years, everybody is desperately afraid to be different in any way. But then, suddenly... Overnight, everyone wants to be different. And that's where people like Hannah win. Students at school had a particular staple of what the girl impact candidate from SATEC should be, especially the girls who didn't qualify. I did too at one point, but as soon as I made it, I didn't care. Resentment mix of Hannah's maverick stirred up constant discussions about her not being a good fit. Eventually, my peers started to ask me what I thought about Hannah's eligibility followed by snarky commentary like, how's a smoker going to climb a mountain in Africa? Gossip started to accumulate in our grade. I started getting irritated and uncomfortable with the discussion about Hannah. I selfishly started to think about her reputation in comparison to mine. I'm also not innocent at all. I made it known I wanted one of my best friends to be a part of Girl Impact instead of Hannah. And I had my reasons. One day, Hannah cornered me on my way to third period. This was odd because before this confrontation, we only really spoke at Girl Impact meetings. To be honest, I wasn't really trying to get to know her at all, like I said I would. She asked if I was one of the people saying she shouldn't be going to Africa. I became defensive because I didn't say some of the things she was accusing me of, and the things I did say, I didn't want to repeat it to her face. The truth is, I was consumed with the fact that I was going and sad about the friends that weren't. 
I remember circumventing, asking her who told her that. What I should have asked her was why she even bothered with my opinion. As if my validation should mean anything to her. It was evident. There were so many seeds of doubt and discouragement floating around about Hannah, fresh into the new school year. Now looking back, I could only imagine what she was going through. As weeks went by, I started to notice her comments about being an underdog and resenting whoever didn't think she should be a part of Girl Impact. Her focus and excitement shifted, and at Girl Impact functions, her tone was different. She spoke as if she was an outsider. It was evident she was comparing herself. The spunky, passionate Hannah started to fade a bit. At least, I noticed. Weeks leading up to our departure, we endured lots of training, meetings, and information sessions about our trip. I remember the countless laps around the Birchmount Collegiate Field. I would count the white paint in the grass each round to pace me in finishing the cardio exercises. Our hit courses were set up by Olympic Canadian rower Marnie McBean and Nike Canada, our sponsor. Our thighs and glutes were burning after each workout, while sweat beads bathed us. It was a love language to the young athletes in the squad. We weren't new to this. We were true to this. All 12 girls were not at the same pace. Some were athletes, while others were not. And some of the athletes were more advanced than the others. Anyone that went to school in Scarborough will tell you that Birchmount is an athletic school. The students in Girl Impact that went to Birchmount were basically training for the Olympics already. Despite all of this, we all completed the training, including Hannah. She would struggle on a few exercises, but that's normal. She wasn't as involved in athletic activities as the other girls. At the end of the day, we encourage one another. Face to face, that is. Sadly, a lot of side comments and remarks were made. Over the summer, the girls got familiar with one another, especially the athletes in the group. I started to pick up on the subtle slights about the others who were out of shape. Looking back, I still feel incredibly guilty for indulging in those secret conversations and laughing. On a car ride back from training one fall evening, I spoke to my dad about all that was happening with Girl Impact and Hannah. I told him I felt terrible for her and lamented what others were saying behind her back, including me. My dad lectured me in the car as I ate my Cliff Protein chocolate bar. Towards the end, he let me know that I was viewing the whole Hannah situation incorrectly. I shouldn't be pitying her because she was just as qualified as myself and the other 10 girls. His perspective changed how I viewed Hannah moving forward. Maybe you made me realize that I wasn't viewing her as an equal. All the other girls, you know, the ones that are athletics. Listen, honey, don't subscribe. I remember his words telling me that I should get to know who she is, is. not what she she does. If you're enjoying founding Fufu, every yam and cassava counts. Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Let's work together in building a creative digital audio platform that shares experiences across the globe. Click the link in the show description to support now. A few weeks later, we took off to Kenya. During the weeks leading up to departure, I practiced what my dad said in my mind. When it came to buddying up in activities or sitting next to someone in transportation, I actively looked forward to sitting with Hannah here and there. I also applied his lesson to all the girls in the group. I learned a lot more about each of them. During our second week in Africa, we took a safari road trip from Kenya to Tanzania, 
and prepared for our mountain climb the next day. I was up close and personal with giraffes, waved to the Maasai tribe, and finally became mesmerized by the stripes on a zebra. I loved the first few days of our mountain trek. It felt like a hike into various eco-zones surrounded with wildlife. Our porters, who carried our heavier luggage on their heads, showed me a different meaning of strength. I was so amazed and wrapped up in all the nature and beauty of Africa around me. It was bliss. It was pulchritudinous. The guides and the porters taught us traditional songs and reminded us when to go pole pole and haraka haraka. In between steps of rocky terrain and wet soil, I was determined to continue following my dad's advice of building relationships with the girls around me. If I wasn't learning Swahili with the porters, I walked beside each of the girls in the group. The mountain trek reflected a small analogy of what life is like when we refrain from understanding one another. I could have remained in my element, or I could have chose to saturate myself in my surroundings. This includes the people around me who were also enduring a lifetime of an experience. Without opening my heart, I probably wouldn't have learned recipes from the locals, sang along to Swahili songs, or shared stories thousands of feet above the ground. I didn't realize it then, but I was building virtuousness. When you judge people, you take away the time to love them. On the fourth day up the mountain, we walked a desert-like terrain to our summit day cabin. We were all somnolent from hiking since morning, and the African sun was beating on our sweaty bodies. Hannah popped up beside me. She started soaking in the fact that she was so many miles away from home on a mountain. In conversation, she joked about her being overweight and suggested it was unbelievable that she was on this trip. I decided to share with her what my father lectured me on. I let her know that she deserves to be on this mountain, just like me. You trained with us and did everything it takes to be here. Thanks, girl. You're a real one. That's like I love for you. Summit day was the hardest day for all the girls. We began our trek in the collegianess of the early morning. The goal was to reach the peak of the mountain during sunrise. As we journeyed up the steepest terrain, the thin air disrupted our breathing, and the energy for most of the girls collapsed. We became drowsy, frustrated, and the air made us soporific. Some of us could barely take three steps without wanting to stop. Girls began crying and attempting to give up. Some puked and were guided back down to the cabin. I struggled immensely. Every step felt like an enormous effort of life. I was crying and thinking, I can't give up now. I have to make it to the top. When I looked ahead, I saw Hannah gliding her way through. Her steps were effortless, broad, and robust. Her pace was balanced. Any outsider looking in would think she was a trained athlete. She stepped on the boulders like they were regular stairs and sipped her water gracefully while pacing herself to the top. She looked at me from Stella's point and offered faint encouragement as a thin draft clasped her breath. Come on, girl. You could do it. Don't give up. As the sun shined after dusk, we began to trek down the mountain in the early morning heat. I was elated. I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro at the tender age of 17. I imagined my lectures to my future children if they ever complained about anything difficult. Impossible really is nothing. The unique thing about Mount Kilimanjaro is that the journey down is like a walk in the park. 
It took us less than a day to come down what took us five days to get up. Introspectively speaking, isn't life also like that? It's always more challenging to get ahead. I met up with Hannah along the hike down and she gave me a huge hug. Girl, can you imagine I made it all the way up here like that? I thought I was going to be the last one struggling. Yo, I'm not even an athlete. Holy shit. As Hannah continued to marinate in her joy, talking about her bragging rights once back in Toronto, I saw exactly what my dad told me manifest in front of me. Hannah may have smoked, drank, and dabbled in activities that others judged her for, but at the end of the day, she had the heart and soul of a winner. Of course she made it to the top. God had already decided this is where he wanted her to be, and it wasn't anyone else's decision to determine otherwise. To this day, I think about Hannah's journey with Girl Impact, especially when I see how we discredit people who are different. The seeds of self-doubt we plant in others make them question their seat at the table. Maybe we are different, so what? Listening to those voices of discouragement may make us turn our backs from the most significant moments in our lives. Or we may enter life experiences thinking we're undeserving. I don't know where Hannah is these days, but her story will always remind me that when the universe pulls out a chair for you, don't look around the table wondering if you belong. Take the seat. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pounding Fufu. I look forward to you joining me in figuring out this thing called life. You can listen via Spotify and Apple Podcasts or dive into the digital experience at poundingfufu.com. A special thanks to Jason Amos, aka Jandre, for the beat at the beginning of this podcast and the one you're jamming to right now. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, life doesn't get better. You do.